0: Driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks. Says and politicians getting caught grabbing asses. Says she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez.
1: Hello, hello, and uh, th- happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Yes, we are live. Uh, and there's only one reason. There's two reasons. Okay, there's so many reasons. One, I don't think I was clear when I was asked about holidays. And then yesterday, when I was on the air with Elliot Serrano, who joins me in studio live right now, we were on the air and uh, Matt was saying, Hey, I know Patty's going to be working on Thanksgiving Day. I'm like, and I looked at Lady B. I'm like, Are we working on Thanksgiving Day? So here we are, Elliot. We are working on Thanksgiving Day.
2: It's like. It's like when you have that dream that you have a, a, a test in high school, mm-hmm. and then you wake up and you go, "Oh wait, I'm not in high school anymore." Except in this case, um, you are in high school, and you have that test, so you better get in. And I have showed yes. up in my sweatpants.
1: Yes, I'm wearing. Well, you were, you were nervous because because you're coming over for Thanksgiving dinner after this, and you're like, "Are we dressing up?" Because I'm wearing, I'm literally wearing a sweat skirt. Well,
2: you're. I mean, I'm looking. It's, I'm like, you're wearing a, a you know a blouse and a shirt and a skirt, and I'm true, like, oh, I was right, like, I was hard. like, oh, okay. Okay. I, we're, I, I feel underdressed right now.
1: I will. When we get back, I promise you, I will switch to my Beer Church shirt. It's a uh, like a baseball jersey. I'll put that on when we get back, okay? Uh,
2: well. I promise. You're, you're the first woman to ever offer to dress down for me. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I,
1: it's my go-to. Hey, baseball hats and T-shirts, that's my that's my stock and trade gym shoes, although I am wearing the Doc Martens today. Yeah, those Just, are comfy, though. Those are so comfy. Uh, first of all, let me say hey, uh, Thanksgiving to everybody, uh, in particular, uh, Lady B, who's been been here holding down the fort for the everybody at the station so thank you so much i wouldn't leave you here i didn't bring you any food i, I don't know how late you're here till but i could uh, my food's cooking right now do you have food cooking somewhere lady b yes okay good so we have a turkey in the oven elliot and uh so you know you've come to a couple of thanksgivings with us i believe yeah and you know we basically i used to make a lot of things from scratch and uh we have a lot going on in
2: our house I remember so, the one Thanksgiving where you said, I'm making everything from scratch.
1: And we ate it at like 10 o'clock at and, night. Yeah, and it took a while. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I it didn't was, mind. I didn't it, mind. It, it, I mean, really it wasn't awesome. like I was in a hurry to go anywhere.
1: But, yeah. I know. But the, so for the last couple of years, Steve has been purchasing uh, basically pre-made meals. And yeah. then my mom is going to make some things from scratch. Okay. So it's going to be a blend of that. Um, man, wasn't that pizza good last night, though?
2: Oh, yeah. No, that was good. You always are. I'm telling you, I wish I had the same pizza options out where I live that we have here in the city.
1: So one way to stir up trouble on Facebook in neighborhoods is to go, where's our good pizza around here? <laughs> True. <laughs> and, and for Jefferson Park and some of the, the local uh, pages, uh, there's always an argument. And I always feel like my pizza joint does not rate as highly as it should the pizza you had last night, mm-hmm. which is Papa Joe's on Milwaukee Avenue. Now, Papa John's, not, pa- not Joe's on Higgins. And by the way, uh, Joe's on Higgins, also very good choice. But we have been, uh, Papa Joe's fans since uh, the boys were, were babies, mm-hmm. and that's been our go-to. And so uh, we had the uh, the stuffed uh, pizza last night and a thin crust. Which and and again, the stuffed is not like crazy
2: dough. It's like it's a nice balance yes. of the toppings and the dough, and then and then the the thin crust. Oh my goodness, is that nice crispy? Mm-hmm. You know, like cracker crust that I you gotta have that in your thin crust pizza. Well, you know what my secret is.
1: Not my secret, their secret. A secret, it, when you order, is ask for it well done. It caramelizes the cheese oh, a little bit and it crisps the crust a
0: little bit. There we go.
1: I'm not worried about making people hungry right now unless they, they don't have the opportunity to enjoy a wonderful meal. But I'm guessing folks are uh, either there. Right now, uh, I want to know, 773-763-9278, how many of you ran from the Thanksgiving table from the middle of a heated political debate One, went, please, oh, please, God, let Patty be live right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, and you're I, just hiding in the bathroom. I
2: think there was some, an expectation. I think uh, we were getting that yesterday. That- there was an expectation.
1: Yes. I, I remember my first Thanksgiving without my dad. Um, the series, I, I don't know if it was Buffy. I, I was really into it. It had to be Buffy. and uh, Buffy
2: the Vampire Slayer yes. for folks who don't. No, yeah. no, that yeah. we we're total
1: geeks and yeah. nerds. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so my father passed away in two thousand one, and I had been caring for him quite a bit. Um, and, and in order to relax, I had gotten hooked on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and was you know was behind several seasons because I believe it started in nineteen ninety eight or something like that. It was a short season in the beginning, yeah. and then it got picked
2: up for, for renewal. Yeah. yeah.
1: So mm-hmm. I was catching up on all the episodes, and after he passed away, it was still my way of sort of relaxing and enjoying. It was a, a just a fun. Badass girl kicking demon butt, and I, I was enjoying it. So at Thanksgiving, uh, we went to one of my husband's relatives' house, and I was trapped. I was. It wasn't like the kids' table, but like the cousins' table. And I was. They were. I was like trapped in this little like uh, like bump out like a window area. So I, like in order to get what I'm saying is, they were making fun of me. These adults in their 20s and 30s were like, "You watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer, isn't that for like kids or something?" And I was just getting really uh, annoyed because here I was like my traditional Thanksgiving was just fighting with my dad. And (laughs) I had to like do it. So I- now you're
2: fighting with everybody.
1: Yeah. So I crawled (laughs) under the table. I literally had to crawl under the table to get out because I was getting like an anxiety attack, Mm -hmm. which I now know. I don't think I realized it at the time. Mm -hmm. But I was having a full-blown anxiety attack. I I crawled under the table to get out because I didn't even want to be like, excuse me, excuse me, because I felt like I was going to hurt somebody on the way out. Mm -hmm. So I went to the bathroom and hid in the tub with a bottle of Grand Marnier and just sat there for- Quite a while. You know, I'm going to tell you it. something. Yes.
2: I really don't think your experience that even the way you're describing it right now. Is entirely unique. Somebody out there right now is yep. going. Oh my goodness! I did that exact yep. same thing. Get me out
1: of here! Get me out of get here! Me get out me, here. me out of here! And, and no, really, yeah.
2: under the table to the tub with a with Grand Marnier. Everyone's yeah. going like we, we should make a club of people <laughs> who es- escaped from Thanksgiving with Grand Marnier. Yeah,
1: I don't know how many people like Grand Marnier. It's a very thick cognac, almost. It's very syrupy. Mm-hmm. It's very. It's it and it's fancy.
2: It's super a, sweet. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's like forty dollars a bottle. That's so, nothing. Yeah, Aunt really Josie was. think was okay with my.
2: You know. Like I think foremost liquors right by here should have it. They do actually. Yeah, we're going to get a bottle after after we get off the air.
1: I think that yes, I think <laughs> that that's the hardest thing about uh, when people think one is like remembering what your your memories or what your traditions are and trying to cling to that. And if things don't vary, I think that was like an episode of Friends where uh, or everyone had a specific taste. Some people like mashed potatoes one way, and mm-hmm. because they have this memory of it. And uh, so I've been better at just kind of going with the flow. Right is mm-hmm. like letting go of what your expectations are of it. Uh, I got better with the in-laws sometimes. As long as politics don't come up. But, yeah, I, I uh, so I'm glad that you're spending a very quiet, relaxed Thanksgiving with us tonight.
2: Well, I'm happy to be here. I'm, I'm like, you know, uh, for folks who don't know us and our history. I mean, you know, you've been my um, my holiday uh, friend for years now. And, you know, because I'm kind of pretty much on my own. So um, but I know there are a lot of fo- folks out there who aren't as fortunate, who don't have someone who they can just call on and hang out with the family. I mean, I'm, I'm friends with you. I'm friends with your entire family. I love you all. And, and I feel, you know, very much accepted. And it makes me grateful. And I know, and again, I know there are a lot of folks out there who don't have that, who don't have that kind of support. And, um, so, you know, comparing all that, hey, I should be thanking you. No, thank
1: you. Thank you <laughs> no, for coming. Thank up. you. No, thank you. We uh, we always and uh, we uh, from the minute I met you. Uh, hi, Mary. Mary is uh, is saying hi from I believe from Michigan. Hi, Patty for Elliot. Was that you reading the traffic report, Elliot?
2: Yes, it was <laughs> me. I, I I decided. I told Lady B when I came in. Hey, can I do the traffic? And she went. You sure? I went, yeah, and I'll do the traffic. And she and went, okay. So uh, big uh, props to Lady B for trusting me with, with the traffic, which I hope um, I didn't inject too much levity into it. No, for you the folks, heard me do it. For the folks who are like, why didn't he tell us about the accident on the inbound? <laughs>
1: no, perfect. <laughs> the night that uh, uh, Booger Eating Ken called in to say that uh, immigrants are trying to replace uh, Judeo-Christian white people, I, I did the uh, the traffic in Spanish.
2: The so. <laughs> irony, and uh, the, talking about booger eating Ken, because we, you got me on a rant about him yesterday. It's ironic that Judeo Christian white people that none of the original Judeo Christian people were white. I, mean, I just find that really fascinating.
1: And the if they, if they if the thinking is that this country was founded on Judeo Christianity, it was not. Like no, no it was many not. of the founding fathers weren't. No, some were atheists. Some were deists. Yeah. Some were, yeah.
2: Yeah, but the Treaty of Tripoli, the, 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 the Treaty of Tripoli states quite frankly that we are not based on any religion, let alone the
1: Christian religion. So there you go. Uh, but it's hard to convince people of that let's, no. go to, let's go to this text real quick For Elliot Was I reading the traffic I used to listen to you With Patty On the other station And now listen to Whiskey and a Cookie And When You Fill in on WCPT It's so enjoyable To listen to you In conversation with others I always learn something Just like now Oh uh, wow To you Tripoli I'm guessing uh, You're a very kind person I have fun hanging out With all of you guys Patty, Esmeralda, Adam and Scott Happy Thanksgiving to you both Adam, so thank you Mary Happy Adam and
2: Esmeralda Are out there Doing their thing too You know that's uh, so that's really nice. It's um, thank you, thank you for that. That's very very kind to say.
1: Thank you. I, 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 we thought about doing a whiskey and a cookie tonight, but I'm also with my family, so I don't think I can do that. tonight. And,
2: and there's a problem when we all get together. <laughs> I mean, not <laughs> just not just the technical issues, yes. but it's like okay uh, for folks who you've never heard the whiskey and a cookie. Um, it's when you get when the four of us get together on Patty's Show page. And we, she does a live stream, and we're all in our own separate areas because we're all on Zoom. And um, let's just say we all have opinions, we all have things to say, and sometimes it's kind of hard to, for everyone to get their words in. <laughs> so
1: put us in a room together, let oh, alone on Zoom. Oh man, oh man, I know it's so much fun to do though. I'm so glad we started that up. And uh, and even though I'm on the air till seven, did it work out okay last week when I just kicked you guys off? Yeah,
2: no, we were great. We were yeah. having fun. I Excellent. mean, um, it's. Um, Again, it's very is when you talk to someone like Adam Selzer, who has incredible knowledge about history, and again, you can put a quarter on quarter in him; he'll go right. and and but not just talk, but he's an incredibly entertaining storyteller. Yes. And Esmeralda, who is great to play off of, who always has opinions on things. Yeah. So no, it's easy. I just I just sit back and I let them go, and, and then chime in from time to time.
1: Well, as as uh, Mary is saying, it's you have such great insight, uh, and I uh, let's. Okay, let's take this call before break. Richie, I gotta go to a break, but we'll take your call. What's going on, Richie Z?
3: Man, I, I just wanted to tell you thank you for doing a show on Thanksgiving, and I've always done stuff when I was on radio on holidays, but uh I just wanna tell you about what I'm doing. And I've been doing it for a number of years off and on. I got a friend over and I got my two cats and we're doing a duck on the Weber Grill.
1: Oh, nice. Well, that and sounds fantastic. It,
3: Put the duck on one side, put the coals on the other side. I started it about uh, two and a half hours ago. So it'll be ready about another hour. And then I put the barbecue chips, The uh, well, I mix the apple with the hickory chips. And every maybe half hour or so, I go out there, I flip the duck, and I have her on the rack. So it's not like on the burners, it's on a rack. And it just comes out great.
2: So, Rich, um, you're saying um, uh, I should be by what seven o'clock? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Let's
1: get the for, yeah, some, for some duck? I would Say six thirty.
3: Six thirty. About six thirty. You know, you know, you can't push a duck because if you push a duck, you're going to have a greasy meal. Yeah. So
2: I'll bring the potato salad.
3: <laughs> slowly but surely, and a lot of people say p- puncture the sides and this and that because ducks are very greasy. I don't like to do that. I like to keep them moist, and the way I, I've been—I've been doing diet, I love barbecuing. Okay, so the way I've been doing them for years. It's just really, really, really cool, and it just turns out moist and tender. And I love duck. So
1: awesome! That, that sounds know. like an amazing meal. I thank you so much for letting us know and checking in with us, and let people know about your show coming up on Saturday.
3: Saturday, I'm going to have somebody. You know, we're we're a station that does. Uh, You know, stuff about labor and everything else. I have the president of the uh, Historic Union uh, Museum, but also he was the president of labor, the labor museum. And that Larry Spivak is going to be on. And we're going to talk about labor. And it all started in Chicago, Illinois. Back in the day with the Haymarket Affair and all of that. And Larry and I are going to go through that. It's 4 o'clock Saturday, WCPT, 8.20 a.m. Thank you, Patty. Of course. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving to you.
1: Have a great one! Thanks for this, Richie Z, and you can tune in this Saturday to hear that great conversation. Let's take a let's take a break here. When we come back. We'll, we have to figure out what movie we're going to watch tonight with the uh, with the family. I, I don't know what you've seen yet, so I have an idea, but I think you've already seen it. We'll figure it out when we come back on WCPT eight twenty seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. If you want to call or text us, we are uh, hanging out live right now until six, and then uh, Lady B is going to fire off uh, an hour of replay if that's okay, Lady B. Uh, so thank you so much uh, Lady B and I were, we were going back and forth she was like do you want to come in and I was like I, I have to cook some stuff I have to get some things done and celebrate with the family but I know Lady B was going to be here so wanted to hang out more after this on Driving at Home me, Patty Vasquez in studio with Elliot Serrano our chief geek officer and sponsored by Monaco Brewing all kids I'm sorry kids above all it was it used to be all kids they, they messed me up kids above all and of course our friend Warren Price from European and U.S. Car Service
4: Mind Over Matters.
1: Dr. Amy harris Nuon. as you know, this show is about challenging you to think differently, to make different choices in your life, to take action, to create positive outcomes in your life. So I want to challenge you to look at your life holistically. To where am I satisfied? What areas uh, need attention? And then go to work, take an action what you need to do. Mind
4: Over Matters with Dr. Amy harris Nuon Sundays at 10 a.m. on WCPT 820. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter.
5: Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Manaqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of every can of Choice Hard Seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time.
1: Now available at Dino's Cardinal Liquors in Gurney, Illinois, and Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park, as well as in Chicago at Jarvis Square Tavern Rogers Park and Garfield's Beverage Express Wicker Park. Please drink responsibly.
0: You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820.
1: We are live for one hour for Thanksgiving. Thought we would drive it part of the way home because no one's driving home today. So there's not really a reason to to drive it home. I mean, there is. The reason is to hang out with you and hang out with my good friend, Elliot Serrano, who's one of my best friends. Uh, The day we met, we were talking about a a producer had had, uh, brought him in, had scheduled him to talk about the George Lucas Museum. Oh, you're opening that old Uh, one. I'm sorry. Opening that. Just tear it open. Have they even opened? It was protested by the Friends of the Park, which Mm -hmm. protests almost everything that's going to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was supposed to be a children's museum in Millennium mm-hmm.
2: Park. There was supposed to. There were a lot. They protested the Obama Museum. Yeah, I mean, even when they, after we're saying, oh, let's, uh, well, let's put the uh, Obama Center in a in a in the area where people can, you know, the neighborhoods can help, you know, the community can be helped more. They said, okay, let's move it over here. No, 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 you can't put it there. It's uh, oh, seriously, people. Yeah. Yeah, uh no, no, they broke ground on it already in um, in Los Angeles and it's scheduled to be open and they've already showed even more art that's going to be on display there. And right now the site of the uh the site where the George Lucas Museum was supposed to be is still a parking lot and will remain a parking lot when the Bears move to Arlington Heights. I mean, and um, and then the, the
1: congratulations, the,
2: the, folks. Yes, and then the Chicago. I remember I'm, I I kind of had it out, not out. I I, I bent our friend, our mutual friend Scott Stantis's ear a bit about this. Scott Stantis, a political cartoonist, and on the Chicago Tribune editorial board, where the the Chicago Tribune editorial board came out against the Lucas Museum, and mm-hmm. now had the gall, the gall to come out and say, well. It would have been, you know, in looking back now, it would have been nice to have the museum there, considering that the Bears are leaving for Arlington Heights, yeah, which goes to show the utter lack of vision of people in the city of Chicago. Utter lack of vision. I am surprised we have any of the things we have in the city of Chicago right now.
1: That's fair. And I really have never liked the updated Soldier Field.
2: That was ridiculous, the way they did that, because, of course... Um, For folks who aren't aware, the Soldier Field was considered a landmark. Right. But when they made the update to uh, Soldier Field, because Soldier Field was way too small. It is still the smallest stadium in the NFL. um, The Soldier Field did end up losing its landmark status because they pretty much they gutted the whole thing, just kept a facade that wraps around and. Drop what looks like a spaceship yep. in the middle of it,
1: without a dome
2: without a dome so which was another ridiculous thing we 're yep. saying if you 're going to be on the lakefront and you 're going to do an update and you want to host a super Bowl right you, you need to at least have a covering or a retractable covering, but no it, it, for some reason, and I will never understand this whole oh bare weather. But football is meant to be played out in the cold. And when you're a fan, you need to be out there sharing the elements, you know, Uh. through the elements with the, with the team. I'm like one, no, because football is entertainment. When I go to be entertained, I don't want to be rained on or snowed on or, or free or freezing or whatever. Um, the Minnesota Vikings, which play in one of the coldest Midwestern states in the country. Um, they have a dome. They have, you know, they have a very nice stadium and, um, And let's be, and I I always tell people this, when you say bear weather, you're showing your ignorance of basic science. When it gets cold, (laughs) bears go into hibernation. They don't come out fighting. No. They don't don't come out vicious. No, they go to sleep. Yeah bear weather in Chicago
1: is when bears go to sleep. Yep. So stop using the term bear weather. You mean you don't want to have more photo ops like a uh, Fog Bowl or <laughs> this most recently this season they had the uh, sliding in the like water. Um, yes. The water, f- yes, yeah, the yeah, water was, which was cool. cool but photos.
2: After that you know. They've,
1: they've lost pretty much every game. They've lost their games yep. right. Yep. So so there you go. I, I have to agree. And I think that Arlington Park is pretty much a perfect place for a football team.
2: Well they're going to do what, what all modern NFL teams are, NFL stadiums are. It's not just, and a good example, if you want to look at an example in the city of Chicago, is what the Chicago Cubs are doing in Wrigleyville. Right. They didn't just re renovate the park, but they took over the entire area around it and they bought the, the they bought up the, the. The McDonald's
1: is now gone for McDonald's, a hotel.
2: Right? Uh, all the rooftops that yep. were lining around it, they bought all those up and they're pretty much turning that entire uh, area of Wrigleyville to an entertainment center. right? Um, and that's what the NFL teams want to do now. Because sure. you don't want you can't just be making money the time during the, the year where they're playing. Five
1: months of the year, whatever right. it is, right.
2: You want to be able to host concerts. You want to be able to host other events. And to do that, you need to support the area around and uh, that's what the bears really should have done years ago and i know a lot of people are going oh well if they move the arlington heights you can't call them the chicago bears anymore folks um the dallas cowboys don't play in dallas the detroit lions do not play in detroit uh the san francisco 49ers do not play in san francisco and the new york giants have haven't played in new york for decades so they play in New Jersey, all right, <laughs> so you got to get off these old ideas of what um what the naming and where they should be located um, are because it 's all very antiquated and if you want on oh, and this is the other thing that, that cracks me up because if you want the bears to stay, then you have to be willing to give them a lot of financial support that means with tax dollars to build a stadium, plus give them a lot of real estate in that area so they can make the complex that right. they want. We already know the Friends of the Park
1: won't allow that. Well, we yeah, don't, we're maybe. Not, we're not to we not have know. any sort of uh, uh, forward motion when it comes to growth and investing. In no, because, businesses. you
2: know, because if you let rich people develop the f- lakefront, um, then it'll just be rich people. Oh, wait a minute. How many minorities do we see in the lakefront
1: it, now? It's like, we, know, let's whatever. talk more about this in a moment. We've got Elliot <laughs> Serrano joins me in the studio. He's the, our chief geek officer. He also has some great uh, Facebook live streams covering things like the 007 movies as well as... All
2: the Marvel movies. All the yeah. Marvel
1: movies. Yeah. Uh so Shaken Not Heard is one of the...
2: Yes, Shaken Not Heard is the... the we, um, uh, my, a buddy of, my, of mine and myself, we reviewed all the 007 movies from the beginning to the current. And it was, that was a lot of fun. And now we're doing the same thing with all the Marvel movies, starting with Iron Man. And we're up to... We, got, we just did the first Black Panther movie.
1: Excellent. Well, Elliot and I will continue our conversation till 6. Uh, we will have a replay at 6. I have to go home and finish the turkey and all the sides and all the trimmings. And I hope that you are all having a lovely Thanksgiving. Elliot, get over here and do the traffic in just a moment.
5: There's new information. Explosive new
0: information. It's how every day starts. need for information. Get the info you need from Fantina Jackson. Weekday morning starting at 6 on WCPT 820.
4: You're listening to WCPT 820. Because facts matter.
0: You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820.
1: We are live in the WCPT studios. Uh, Lady B running, holding down the entire fort. Everything. She's running everything. Elliot Serrano joins me in studio. Uh, we're going to wrap up at 6 o'clock because I have uh, dinner to continue fixing, uh, meaning I have to heat it up. Well, I I,
2: I have to commend Lady B holding down the fort. She's also filling the vats with the hot oil that you have to launch to fight off the Huns (laughs) when they... When they're approaching She's just running around Doing it's all a lot that going on. There, there aren't yeah. any archers She's got to set up All the little <laughs> art,
1: All the little bows And stuff It's So props Props the, to her The fort is well protected uh, We've got texters, uh, uh From Mirna Hi everyone Feliz dia de acción De gracias A question for Elliot How do you reheat your pizza Like a pro Or like a novice And this is a conversation We've had before I believe We have had this before yes.
2: Now there are two ways I yes. do it Okay Now first FYI do not, do not, put it in the microwave. No, no, uh-huh. yeah. no. Do not put uh-huh. it in the microwave. That is uh-huh. that is a rookie mistake. I know we've been conditioned. Well, I mean, I don't know. Today's kids are savvier. It's they so know soggy. better. Soggy, so soggy, soggy, soggy. Especially if you have like one again like uh, um, Papa, uh, Joe's. Papa Joe's, where you have that crisp crust. Mm-hmm. So if you do not have an air fryer, which oh, right now that's is number one, for you, number one, which is the best way to reheat pizza, you use a pan. You mm-hmm. put it in a hot pan. Um, if you have a, a cast iron skillet, that's perfect. But if not, use a pan, um, set it to medium heat, put that pizza on there, cover it with your li- a lid, mm-hmm. and put it on there for a few minutes, and then you'll
1: see, oh, you revived it. You yeah. brought it back like Jesus on the 3rd day. <laughs> <laughs> I flip it over to to just caramelize the cheese. I, me and caramelized cheese, I can't. I oh yeah, can't get well if, it, if yeah.
2: you haven't had it, if it's not already caramelized, yeah, yeah, because like some like a lot of oh, the pizzas yeah, I get are already, it. yeah, well yeah. done. So, but just keep that. What happens is that the pan, the hot pan, just heats up the crust, and then when you put the the lid on top, that the the heat goes over and cooks the top as well. It Melts the cheese. Yeah, yeah. It, it comes out really well. So um, again, like folks, a pro, folks, if you love yourself, don't use a microwave.
1: No, it's just. <laughs> wrong to microwave okay. pizza. Uh, from Andy, I agree with Elliot regarding the loss of the Lucas Museum. The Friends of the Park refused to compromise. What did we ultimately get from that? Nothing. We're stuck with parking lots. Less sigh.
2: <sighs> I. Yeah. And it's funny, again, because there was an utter... I can't believe that no one thought at some point uh, the hmm. bears are going to leave Chicago. They, it wasn't the first time they were talking about it, but there was conversations about the bears buying that, that racetrack in Arlington park for years. Yeah, now It wasn't re- I mean, we were talking about it for decades. And, um, and uh it, i know that the, the some were saying, Oh no, they're just trying to leverage for a better deal and blah blah blah. No, no. They were they were ready to go because that was the sound business decision for the bears. You gotta gotta give them credit for that. The other thing that that just baffles me is that the the city of chicago would have benefited from having not only the museum there but more green space the right. the plans for the yes! museum was going to add green space to the lakefront instead
1: of a concrete parking lots
2: right and and so uh, again it's what, what the friends of the park were saying about you know well if you let the rich you know develop the the the, the land of the people then the people won't have access to it and blah blah blah, blah. I mean don't get me wrong i think Ideally, yes, you should always keep um, the the Commonwealth in mind. You know, when it comes to all our collective resources, you can't just let the rich come in and take it over, right? Um, but we're talking about a museum. We weren't talking about a business, a, a, a business, new business district. We weren't talking about office buildings. We weren't talking about a, a private um, or, uh, institution. We were talking about this was going to be public for everyone, open to everyone. Right. And it would have benefited tremendously. Again, it would have benefited the, the city of Chicago. And... Um, <sighs> I don't know. It, 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 to me, I think I feel, and I'm sure there's somebody out there with the counter argument. I always felt that was a little bit disingenuous, that whole argument that, well, we can't let him, you know, we can't let the rich come in and develop it. Because right. let's be honest, all the development in the lakefront has always been by the quote unquote the rich. And maybe it was because Lucas was from out of town. And we and there were so many people demonizing him right. at that point. You know, talking about oh, well, he's a billionaire coming in, throwing his money around, and 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 he's you know he's not even from here and he doesn't understand. I'm like, seriously, and yet we threw how much tax money and 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 and, and benefits towards the people from Boeing who weren't right. from here who have left now. who have gone. Right, you know, I, it, I, I I'm just baffled. It seemed to me that there
1: was just a little bit of maybe it was our rich people. Didn't want other rich people. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I've we- never understood how friends of the park have so much power to thwart the efforts to have progress. And I, when Declan was at Shirley Ryan, I, wa- I did a lot of walking, and I walked through like where Buckingham Fountain is, and I walked through the parks. It's nice over there, you know, Millennium Park and everything, but when you continue south, there are massive amounts of park that is just completely unkept, unused. There's abandoned tennis courts, there's baseball diamonds that aren't even used. There's all kinds of lakefront that, you know, if you're in you know other places, like in Mexico, Mexico City, incredible parks with like places for people to rest and get some shade and enjoy nature. That's like the huge, just massive amounts of land that's not being used for anything that could be, I I think, built up into something else for for the park use. And then where the parking lot, you know, they wanted to use for the Lucas Museum, there's no reason to hold back for that. Then you have an entirely vibrant area from 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 uh, Michigan Avenue all the way to the lake. And it gets
2: me too. It could have been anywhere along that line. I mean, again, we already learned with what was happening with the Obama Museum or the Obama Center, that there was nothing that could make Friends of the Park happy. Nothing. Until finally, and I'm sorry, if you're giving, you know, really one of our greater U.S. presidents a hard time, and he finally says, okay, enough already. We're going to put it here. And that's where it's going to go. After some compromise, mind you, you know, boom, that's it's, it's, it's said and done. That's what we learned. At that point, it was said and done. Uh, but I, I challenge anyone, anyone, if you're from Friends of the Park and you're, you're listening to this conversation, I am open-minded and I am ready to hear your rationale as to why Lucas shouldn't have done it when, again, it was a parking lot and it's going to remain a parking lot. It's not going to be green space. It's not going to be a rec center for the for kids. It's going to be a parking lot.
1: We should find someone that would, was willing to debate with you about this from Friends of the Park. I'm just saying. Because to us, it's just like this monolithic, faceless, nameless group that thwarts progress. Well,
2: my thing is, I don't need more friends, but I also don't need to make more enemies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, ooh, I know the feeling. Ooh, wait, I know the feeling. Uh, a texter from my house says uh, they're going to scam Arlington Heights out of millions with little return, just like cities that buy stadiums for other teams. Oh, yeah.
2: that's the, You're seeing a lot of pushback from the folks in Arlington Heights. Now, they're saying, okay, if the Bears want to come out... Mm-hmm. And develop this, let them, but let them use their own money for that. Okay, let's, let's, let's be real here. The Chicago Bears, one of the founding teams of the NFL, is currently valued at, wait for it, $2 $2 billion. Wow. It's a $2 billion team. So if the, if the, the McCaskies or whoever, you know, the Hallises and all the, the families that are fighting over, you know, the controlling um, interest in the team, if they decide that they want to sell the team, turn around and sell it, they could right now make $2 billion. The moment they get that new stadium though, the, the, the team is going to double even maybe even quadruple in value. Okay, when you have that, look at what Jerry Jones did with the Dallas Cowboys and that new stadium. Right. So, um, it's not like the Bears are poor. It's not like that team is like coming hat in hand saying, oh, like Oliver Twist, oh, oh more gruel, sir, more gruel, please. No. If they really wanted to, they could do it on their own. Uh, Jerry Jones uh, built the uh, new Dallas Cowboys Stadium with all private funds. It was all all his own money. I would
1: imagine this.
2: I mean. The dude's got money, but I mean, mind you, his. His money comes not just from the team, but his other outside, right, and Efforts. also all these different contracts. Whereas the Bears, they they call themselves a quote unquote family run team. That's that's the only thing that keeps supports that family, that team. So it's not they have they don't have any outside interests with money that they can funnel into it. So uh, again, a two billion dollar team does not need tax money Mm-mm. for infrastructure or anything like that. Well,
1: and the other thing to uh, Steve, the the texter's point, and to the point we were making earlier about Boeing and other things, I've never understood why we give tax breaks, we bend over backwards to lure businesses to either come here or stay here, and then never hold them accountable for the what the they're supposedly like, like Fox, Val, like this Fox uh, Con whatever in Wisconsin. Yes, the Wisconsin. Oh, right. Don't I even mean, start on that. I'm, so, I'm sorry, but I'm just saying as an example, example, like, how is it not baked into the agreement? Like, here's what it's going to take in order to reap these benefits. This is what we expect in return. And if you don't, then you have to pay us back the money that we gave you a tax break on.
2: Yeah, folks, just um, uh, my my little brother lives up that way and he he lives in Wisconsin. And he even from the beginning said the whole Foxconn thing was a A con. A con. Yeah. They put the con in Foxconn. And
1: the Republicans wanted to hear when Rauner was in office, they were trying to negotiate for that. And it was like, no, no. Yep. Um, But
2: you're absolutely right. And, And the other thing I just don't understand is, let's be honest, uh, supply-side economics has been debunked over the last 40 years. We know it doesn't work. We know trickle-down economics doesn't work. We know that uh, we learned quite quite, uh, uh, dramatically that if you bail out all the companies that were giving predatory home loans... They're going to wipe their books clean, and then they're going to go after the folks they gave the loans to. Even though these folks they have clean books now, right? They're going to go in and they're going to foreclose on everyone who are the, technically those loans are paid off, right? I mean that those those mortgages are paid because the government covered everything exactly. But then they went in and said, "Well, you have you didn't pay us back, so but we're kicking you out." That's ridiculous to me. I would said, you know what the what the government should have done, and this is the thing that uh, John Stewart proposed years ago when it came to the savings and loan bailout, or uh, when we were talking about the uh, yeah, the the housing bubble, or even the credit card problems with credit card debt. Is instead of going from the top down, why don't we go from the bottom up? Pay off everyone's mortgage, right? If, if pay off everyone's mortgage, then that way they that money can now be used for other things, and you have and it goes still,
1: back into the economy, back into
2: the economy. People still are in their homes. And the companies that made those loans get their money back too. Oh no, because because we're seeing that argument right now over the student loans. Well, if you agreed to make that, you know that <sighs> uh, that to take that loan, you should be able to pay it back. We're not saying that, but you do understand that these companies, the the, the, the folks who made these loans on on mortgages, they got them paid. Yep. It all got paid off with your money, and then they still evicted people. Yep. So with the student loans, even student loans, people don't understand that most, the majority of the, of the folks who took student loans, had they had, let's say, a reasonable interest rate on those loans, they would have been paid off exactly. by now. Yep. It would have been done. Like they have long paid off the actual amount that they borrowed, but they are being kept under just interest, 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 over and over and over again. You yep. know, you could have a uh, to pay a student loan for ten years, and boom, you still haven't made a dent in your in the, exactly. in the main, um the main amount, the principal.
1: So you know, again, uh, wow. I got I got Elliot fired you got me up. Worked up. Let's talk movies <laughs> when we come back. By the way, Mirna said. Uh, Chef Elliot is the man of my dreams because of your your process for reheating uh, pizza. Uh, so by well, the way, I can heat up a lot more than that. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> take a break here. We are definitely driving it home
4: because facts matter. You are listening to WCPT eight twenty.
0: You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820.
1: There is an important special election coming up on December 6th in, in Georgia. Joining me on the phone right now is the executive director and co founder of Social Change, Todd Belcour, to tell us how we can help get out the vote. Hey, Todd, how are you doing today? <laughs>
6: Hey, good evening, Patty, and thanks for having me.
7: It's an honor to be here with you and your listeners.
1: Well, thank you so much. You sent a message the other day uh, letting me know that the efforts are underway to make sure folks in Georgia know that, one, that there is a special election, to know where they're going to vote, if they're not registered, how they can register. So tell us a little little bit first about the work that you are helping organize through social change.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, As people are well aware, uh, this is the final election for this midterm season to determine uh, who's going to be the U.S. Senator out of Georgia. And it's important to us, especially given the, the rich history Georgia has of, of suppressing the vote, to ensure that everyone who is aware of the of fact that the election taking place has uh, all the resources they need in terms of where to go, when to go, uh, how to cast their vote legally and all that, given all the new laws and everything. But also just more than anything, to kind of help people get to the polls, just basic transportation, basic needs right now. Um, as people in these winter months are struggling to to kind of keep make ends meet and deal with all the everything else they have on their plates, it's important to now make sure that they have the support they need. Vote one last time for this cycle. So we're providing that uh, in person, from afar phone banking, knocking on doors, text banking, um, going door-to-door in communities all throughout Georgia. Uh, we have 15 people from all the countries who are currently in Georgia um, helping provide these resources and support and show this love to our neighbors in, in Georgia. So whether you're Pittsburgh or L.A. or New York or Indiana or North Carolina, you will have brothers and sisters from your neighborhoods, from your community, of course, from Chicago. So if you want to come down, we have accommodations for people to kind of be part of this freedom summer journey, but not quite as warm the summer. Um, but we also want to make sure people are aware if they want to volunteer from afar. They can. They can make calls. They can donate. site backslash donate and be involved that way as
8: well.
1: Are you also uh, coordinating any um, postcard writing? Anything like that that uh, people can get involved in and just send postcards of voters uh, to residents in, uh, in Georgia to get out the vote?
6: You know, we know some organizations that are, and I need to make sure I can make, get that information available so people who are interested in that can do that. We've been doing texting and phone banking oh, great. Um, as our kind of virtual opportunity. But absolutely, we know people um, still like to kind of have that personal touch, and there's a way to do that in the... Uh, those campaigns, and we'll touch down with some of the folks you have so I can provide that when the opportunity to get that information. Too.
1: To support this work that you're doing, uh, coordinating volunteers and connecting with voters, where do people go to either find out how they can make that trip down to Georgia or how they can donate money to support the work?
3: Yeah, absolutely.
6: Go to our website, socialchange. change or at shy socialchange on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just send us a message, direct message us, or you can direct message me at LinkedIn or Facebook, Todd Belcourt, and uh, let us know what you're interested in doing, how many people are coming with you, how long you can stay, and we'll be happy to share what sort of uh, operations we can provide in terms of accommodations, in terms of gas support, uh, so people can come down here and. Um, you can do the work that's necessary, but also not necessarily, you know, really drastically impact the holiday budget either.
1: When are you? Uh, when are you planning on making your trek down to uh, Georgia?
6: Well, I was down there from um, last Saturday off until just recently um, in town for not only our Thanksgiving event for social change, but also my late birthday, and then um, family of course for Thanksgiving, but I'll be heading back Friday morning and we have oh, people are wow. road tripping from L.A. right now as we speak and people coming to and from North Carolina and people driving down from Chicago, so if people reach out, you may make some you know, new friends to road trip down with from wherever in the world you may be, uh, but at the very least know that we have a lot of amazing people already there who are waiting to greet you and welcome your family and um, hold your hand as you go through this work and this struggle together.
1: It, having been in Georgia uh, since last Saturday until recently, how would you compare it to the energy, because you were also working on the, uh, the last election, special election that they had down there when uh, Ossoff in Warnock, were running as well. What would you say? Yeah, you know, are you, are you encountering people who are like, "Oh, we have to do this again," or uh, is there a little bit of fatigue, or are people, you know, like, "Oh, thank you so much for telling me," or a little bit of both? I'm guessing.
6: There's absolutely fatigue, particularly on the end of the the folks who are organizing and getting up the vote prior to the runoff. So a lot of organizations. And um, people were really betting on having an opportunity to relax, and enjoy time with their families, and kind of be relieved from those eighty to hundred hour weeks that are required for campaign season. And unfortunately, they're not getting that relief. So they're definitely experiencing burnout. It's all the more reason why we need people with fresh legs, uh, fresh energy, and, you know, to bring morale up and be on the ground and help kind of carry some of this weight right now. But also in terms of the voters themselves, I mean. Um, there's a lot of misinformation being passed along. Some people think, well, their vote carries over, so they don't have to vote again. Um, some people aren't feeling such a sense of urgency uh, because of misinformation that's given about, you know, the composition of the Senate, so it doesn't matter, and all that stuff. So there's a lot of different... Uh, narratives afoot that are all undermining democracy. <laughs> so we just definitely need to make sure that anyone who's interested in making sure that everyone who has a chance to vote can vote in Georgia and everyone who votes has a vote counted. Come down or be a part from afar. Donate to our efforts uh, to continue to, to provide the free lodging that allows people to come and and be a part of this workshop. She and we really appreciate it.
1: And before I, I let you go, because I know that you have plans for dinner, as you mentioned, it's uh, someone special's birthday today. And tell, please tell her happy birthday for me and for everybody here at WCPT. I hope that you have a wonderful dinner. Uh, let me know how uh, I want to make sure that people know, because I, I uh, your, your film festival, which just uh, con- concluded last week, was extraordinary as it is every year. I mean, like every year, my, I just feel like my, my soul is fed and nourished. Um, by the work of so many incredible filmmakers and everybody at uh, Social Change and Change ChangeFest. Um, first of all, uh, how did how did you feel about this year's uh, film festival and the feedback you've gotten?
6: Oh, we've gotten absolutely incredible feedback from everyone enjoying the virtual sessions and conversations you moderated and facilitated at each other. Amazingly and seamlessly, as always, to the in-person events. Um, people are excited to be in person and fellowship and break bread and and build community in that more intimate context, and um, all the way around, there's just been nothing but just the pro to give in towards not only the work of the filmmakers and the work being done to address issues the families, but for the amazing of this energy that my team put into it, and the way they created a really hospitable environment and a, a safe space where people have different opinions and walk through and walk through different issues, so it's something that we're really excited about, uh, how well it's was received, and, you know can't wait to do even bigger and better next year so we had sold out houses and all locations all, all film blocks um standing room only i mean it's it's really a blessing it's you know now's the time to bring people together and that's certainly one of the better mechanisms that we have at our disposal using stories and activism and community building things like that so Thank you for being a part of that and making it so that fantastic. is always
1: happy. someday I would, I, I really want to submit a film. I don't, I don't know that it'll be uh, for next year, but I, I, I so want to uh, find a, a way forward. So, with that in mind, if we do have filmmakers or f- folks who know they have a story they've always wanted to tell, uh, how would you encourage them to be ready for next year's uh, submission window so that they can be considered for your next festival?
6: Well the good news is is that window is actually turning open right now. Um, oh. We've already yeah, we've already made that window open after the end of the season. It just ended about a week ago and we're on top of it and um make sure people who are interested don't miss a chance to kind of uh, be a part and share their story, as you mentioned. I mean this is the time, um people need to know what people are going through. A lot of people are going through the same thing you are, um, and not you personally but I'm saying, you know, the same thing that other callers or this one's maybe going through and they may need to hear your story to help them overcome something and it's really a true blessing to have a chance to not only have your story be heard but um, have it resonate with people and see all the people's lives you touch as a result they're sharing it and that really provides some real relief um, to the burden that people are carrying right now with a lot of pain and hardship so please if you have a story to tell whether it's a personal one or a community issue that you've seen and want to document, submit it, and help be part of the change and help provide this transformation that too many people are waiting on and, and really in need of that only you can provide.
1: Extraordinary. I really, I, like I said, uh, I'm just, it's always uh, not not only an honor to talk to you, but uh, it's an honor to be your friend. And uh, I, I know that we haven't had a chance to spend as much time uh, doing the work that we do, but uh, soon, I hope, uh, we'll get a chance to, to uh, converge again and uh, just maybe have a meal uh, and talk about what our plans are, because, uh, and when you can come in studio, but I know that things are really busy, so maybe before Christmas time, uh would love to have you in studio, because we'd also like to amplify. Uh, oh, we mentioned something on Thursday. That was a question I wanted to ask you. You have an event coming up for Thanksgiving for social change and communities that need help.
6: Well, well unfortunately, it was a the Thursday that just passed. Um, oh, about food to 600 families. Yeah, uh, turkeys, you know, sweet potatoes, beans, nice. um, and all that amazingness. And it had to be earlier than we desired because um, the turkey delivery. I mean, turkeys is in such high demand right now. And already, you know, team them with our partners, Iman, on, on the South Side of Chicago. They could only be obtained and delivered literally on that day,
8: <laughs> okay
6: um so it's uh, thankfully they're frozen, and a lot of items that we provided are things that you keep but Unfortunately, it's not going to be taking place this week as we usually
1: have a schedule. Gotcha. No, that, uh, but uh, what a great uh, what, a, what great work you guys all do, your volunteers and, and everyone at Social Change. Again, we've been talking to the co founder and executive director of Social Change. Let folks know, again, the places they can go to donate and support all the work that you do, including getting the vote out in Georgia for the special election on December 6th.
6: Yes, please just take a look at socialchange.site. Socialchange.site, S I T E and you know click donate and to, you know if you want to donate specifically to this effort and get out to bourne georgia just indicate that And the little um the note section will be especially dedicated towards that uh, but if you want to donate some time we, we need as many hands on deck as possible uh, let us know that as well through our our you know comment section on our website or you direct messaging us on instagram facebook and twitter at social change Or if you see, hey, Todd, I see you on LinkedIn, I see you on Facebook, I am accessible, I am uh I mean, go ahead and reach out. I'll be more than happy because to to you, yeah, we I will continue the time that you and your family love us to come down and be part of this change. It's so nice
1: to say. Excellent. Thank you so much. Go celebrate. Happy birthday to our, our lovely yeah. friend, the one wonderful woman yeah. in your life. Yeah. Of course. Have a great yeah. evening, Todd. Yeah. My very best. Thank you. All right. We'll I talk We'll know. talk to you soon. Safe travels. That's Todd Belcourt, Executive Director of Social Change and one of the co-founders. Let's take a break here. Continue our conversation. We come back. If you want to give me a call, 773 Three nine two seven eight. that's the number to join our conversation by calling or texting again the number is 773-763-9278 and we're driving it home until seven and coming up in just a little bit we will check in with rudy flores the executive director of lincoln square ravenswood chamber of commerce to talk about small business saturday because you know that's one of my biggest passions is making sure that we are supporting the local businesses in our community more after this on the heartland signal
4: WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk, where facts matter.
5: Hi, this is Kirk Banks said from the Manaqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of every can of Choice Hard Seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time.
1: Now available at Dino's Cardinal Liquors in Gurney, Illinois, and Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park, as well as in Chicago at Jarvis Square Tavern Rogers Park and Garfield's Beverage Express Wicker Park. Please drink responsibly.
5: On January 6 2021,
1: followers of Trump and something called QAnon attempted a coup at the United States Capitol. Who are these people? I want to live with a QAnon
8: girl. I could be happy the rest of my life with a QAnon girl.
1: I really don't understand anybody who follows any of these qAnon theories and you know election deniers and uh vaccine you know, haters and mask hate all these different I just again this this like this consolidation of hate and marginalizing people is really how we end up with violence in places, in places that should be where people feel safe and uh, I, I just can't understand uh, where the, the hate comes from our number is seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight to join our conversation anytime uh, I do want to say that uh, you know you know what I haven't seen maybe because I'm not necessarily following everything as closely as I have in the past when a horrific story like the shooting in Colorado Springs uh, happens uh, but I will say that, you know, in the past, it's always been like, now is not a time, you know, we have to mourn and now is not a time to talk about gun legislation. No, you know what? We're, that, that time has passed. We're no longer going to put up with any of that sort of uh, now is not the right time. Because here's the thing. The shooter in the Colorado Springs nightclub shooting that left uh, five people dead, um, he had already a year and a half before he before this even happened. Uh, he, had, he had threatened his mother with a homemade bomb, which forced neighbors and surrounding homes evacuate while the bomb squad and crisis negotiators talked him into surrendering. And even though that happened, there's no record that prosecutors even move forward with anything like felony kidnapping or menacing charges against uh, his mother or uh, that police or relatives did anything to make sure that this guy didn't have a gun. Sorry. I shouldn't yell. Sorry, I'm yelling, Lady B. Hi, Lady B. Welcome back. Good to see you, my friend. Uh, but this is I, I just so. Sometimes people will say, well, there are, you know, there's a lot of regulations in Chicago, but the, the laws don't get enforced. But also people aren't cooperating with making sure whether it's the police, the family, the people like, why would you want this guy shouldn't have any guns, much less access to a military style rifle. Is that help, by the way, for the people who are like, you don't know what, it, what you know, there's no such thing as an assault. Okay, is the military style is that, is that is that language that's palpable enough for us to have a conversation about how we need to do something that minute, that at the very least, minimizes the violence, the gun violence that we are experiencing all over the country every single day. And yeah, are there people getting shot in Chicago? Yeah. Should we be talking about that, too? Absolutely. And we are going to talk about the places where people go to learn, to go grocery shopping, to worship. We were talking about those places, too. Uh, it is, uh, it's, I don't, I can't, why is it so hard? I was talking to somebody the other day who said, uh, oh, you probably will never have me on your show because uh, I'm not really a progressive. And I said, okay, what, what makes you think that you're not, what, what? he goes, I'm, I'm more conservative. I said, okay, what, what makes you conservative? And he goes, uh, and, he, and he's a, a man of color, and he goes, uh, I don't believe in BLM. Okay. You have to, I don't, so what Like, you don't believe that black lives matter you don't believe that your life matters or you don't like the the movement you don't like the what is it he's like well no I just I just wanted to say that okay fine just, what, <laughs> what makes you conservative he goes I, I don't know uh, ask me something I'm like where do you stand on a, a woman's uh, autonomy when it comes to choosing her own uh, her own future and having access to abortion care he goes well I don't think that uh, a woman should have a, a, an abortion in the, in the 40th week oh my god Uh, We're not even starting from baseline of rational thinking because that doesn't happen. Uh, it, it doesn't happen So his whole thing was uh, he, he owns guns he was, So you're probably going to think I'm a conservative I'm like, no, I know Democrats that own guns I know liberals that own guns I said, I don't think that we should have a free-for-all That there shouldn't be any regulation on guns I said, what do you think about uh, bump stocks? He goes, oh, you mean like an extended magazine Yeah, I mean an extended magazine Again, we're going to go with I'm not saying the right words I'd say pretty please Anyway, so he said uh, You know, you mean an extended uh, extended magazine Yeah, I mean an extended magazine uh, and he goes well no he goes uh, hey, I, I can see wanting to, to you know but it's enforcement fine it's enforcement as we see here there should have been laws that were enforced and, and people that should have been participating in making sure this guy didn't have a military style rifle in his hands and I said what do you think about military style rifles because I, I didn't try to even like because again if I say like the wrong letters and numbers together uh, I'm not allowed to have the conversation and he goes well yeah he goes I, I don't think that anyone needs that kind of a weapon uh, for hunting or self defense and I said All right. How about that? Then he goes, well, then it's a slippery slope. Oh, my God. And and that's the thing is like he started it with a conversation about how, well, women shouldn't be able to have an abortion at uh, 40 weeks, which is not something that happens. Right. So it it is that logic of if, you know, their logic of, well, we should have some regulations. But then they went ahead and just. What all they? It was they because they created the slippery slope of, well, only in the cases of rape and incest, maybe, but then not. Uh, but it shouldn't be at 40 weeks or 38 weeks, but then neither ever. So maybe that's why they're so afraid of the slippery slope, because they created the slippery slope. And so they think we're going to, and, and all we, just like something where we save lives, where children aren't covering themselves in their friend's blood to pretend like they're dead so they don't get shot. So the people who are celebrating a birthday at a nightclub and enjoying a space where they have found community are dead. How? I can't with people anymore. I'm take a break.
7: Tune into the Tom Hartman Radio Program, your home for news, opinion, and insight, right here on WCPT eight twenty, where facts matter. This is
4: WCPT eight twenty where facts matter.
0: You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Mascus on WCPT 820.
1: In just a few moments, we're going to talk to Rudy Flores from the, uh, Raven- the Lincoln Square Ravenswood Chamber of Commerce. And before we get to Rudy, I want to talk to Aida from Sterling. Am I saying your name correctly, Aida? You are. Thank you, Patty. Thank you so much for taking my call. Of I course.
8: appreciate it. And I. I won't be very long. I just wanted to say that I love that you're on for two hours now. Um, There are a bunch of us out here who are quiet and we listen day in and day out to um, WCPT. And everything that you guys say resonates so well with our lives. I'm in rural Illinois. Yeah, I just moved here six months ago because I couldn't afford to stay where I was. And it's just such a helpful. me to know that there's so much sanity
1: in WCPT, and I love listening to your program. So keep up the good work, and thank you very much. Oh, you know what? I, I, one of the things I've been talking to a few comedians about is going out into uh, like some of the towns, you know, farther away, and maybe doing some comedy shows. Yeah. So I'm going to try to see if I can find a venue in Sterling. I'm going I'm, I'm to start making a list, and if folks want to tell me where they're oh. uh, where they're listening from, we'll try to figure out a way to bring comedy and a, a WCPT event to you. And like the people, that would be, so that be fun. Yeah. I mean that would be that would be fun. Yeah. Thank you. Am I say is it Aida? Aida, yes, Aida. Oh, and my last
8: name is actually Gonzalez, but I married Baker, and so now I'm Aida Baker. But um. <laughs> Um, also, um, if you're ever in Sterling, and maybe I could send you um, a link where maybe there are a couple of places around here where you guys could you can come out and do the comedy show. That would be amazing.
1: I would love that. So. Stand by, and uh, Lady B, would you mind asking Aida for her email off the air, and uh, and I will email you back, Aida. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. All I would, take care for, and keep up the good work, and take care of yourself. Thank you, you so too. Much. Thank you so much. And one of the ways I am taking care of myself is talking to our friend. Rudy Flores who is the executive director of the Ravenswood the Lincoln, the Lincoln Square Ravenswood Chamber of Commerce. Hey Rudy, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well. And uh, look, I, I, we've been talking about some heavy stuff today. Uh, we're talking about important things. And one of the things that I have been passionate about for, for as long as I can remember, actually, is uh, small businesses. Uh, I love Lincoln Square in the Ravenswood area. And you guys have, are you ready to, to ring in the holidays? So tell us about what's coming up. What should we know about this weekend?
7: Yeah, so it's one of my actually favorite times of year. Just like you, I mean, yeah, I love small businesses. That's what I, I do. What I do, um, but yeah, we have um, over the years working with American Express and their Small Business Saturday um, program, um, which is Saturday after Thanksgiving every year. Um, kind of try to grow um, what we do in our community and make it a special day. Um, not, not necessarily just for shopping, but for just being with your family and coming out and maybe you you know go to a cafe or. Or get dinner or something but um, if you've not been which I know you have but um, if your listeners have not been we light up our street um, with over a thousand different um, they're called orbs that are all up um, in our trees um, along several blocks of Lincoln Avenue um, in the heart of Lincoln Square and so um, we do our annual tree lighting that evening Santa comes out and lights that for us and um, we have pictures with Santa for both kids and pets and um, Victorian killers throughout the day so um, um, we kind of tried to make it really special for our small business community and for people to come out and maybe not want to hit the malls or the shopping centers that um, come stroll along our, our little main street in Lincoln Square.
1: Well, that's the thing is that, you know, while there's there's pretty decent parking in the area, you know, there's a lot there and there's there's street parking up and up and down Lincoln Avenue and, and some of the arterial streets. But there's also the Brown Line stop is right there at Western Avenue drops you off right right at the edge of everything that we're talking about. Right.
7: Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, right um, right along the Lincoln Avenue corridor, the so Western Brown Line stop, and just you know a couple feet away from where all the excitement happens. And um, the tree landing's at 5.30 in the evening, but we kick off festivities around 11 a.m. is when the Victorian Carolers come out. Santa's um, pictures with him are at 10 a.m. at the Perfect Cup, which is over next to the Brown Line station, the Damon stop. Um, so we kind of spread out what we do throughout the community, but um, it's just, you know, it's really fun to, to meet. You know, the business owners and the staff, and everybody's like really excited to, um, to be celebrating the day. There's lots of different um, discounts, and the people are baking cookies for their customers or, you know, giving out free hot chocolate, things like that. So it's just a fun, festive
8: day.
1: Well, and that's the thing is, you know, there's so many different ways to have joy this holiday season, right? Because there has been, over the last 20 years, this frenzy of the, you know, people lining up for hours. They finish their Thanksgiving Day morning meal and then they're at Kohl's at like two in the morning to get their, (laughs) right, the Black Friday deals and we're putting workers, you know, uh, to work 24-7 without time to like really celebrate the season themselves. So tell us about Plaid Friday.
7: Yeah, so that's, uh, you know, I was when I was growing up, that's what I remember doing with my family, was going out to Target or Walmart early in the morning and waiting and stuff like that, which is, you know, great in itself. But um, Black Friday is a concept started by the American Independent Business Alliance, uh, ANIVA is what we call them. Um, And it's still Black Friday, but it's Let's Get Cozy and Plaid. And go out and celebrate your community. So um, it's a new take on Black Friday. That's not about the chains, but again, about the small businesses. Um, and it really is that the, the plaid is the terminology we're using is just to, to bring that sense of coziness and, and family and togetherness. So um, you know, again, it's not just always about shopping, right? It can be just go and get a coffee or go to the movies with the Davis Theater in our in our in our community, and um, which is his historic theater, which is beautiful. If you've never been, and, um, yeah, it's just you know, it's another way. of promoting that being together with friends and family um, and supporting your local community because when you spend the money locally, you know, it stays within your neighborhood. And when I say locally, I mean like more the mom and pops where, you know, they're employing somebody who's most likely going to be receiving health insurance or getting a higher wage and probably full time. And um, they're also you know, going to be working with their local accountant their local insurance agents. So everything that's kept more in the community your dollars that you spend there are circulating within your own neighborhood or your own, your own town
1: and that's the beauty of, uh, of Lincoln Square and the Ravenswood area is that you have folks who you know get to work and live in the same neighborhoods you know if, if they if it's you know if it's where they want to live and and hopefully earn a, a living wage where they can afford a, a price to live there's what I'm saying and uh, I, I loved living there it's such a walkable area there's something there's literally something for everyone whether it's music at the Old Town school of Music as you mentioned the movie theater over there I, I I've been going to that movie theater since I was 14 years old. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little different these days because uh, it was like a dollar. It was a dollar movie theater when I was a kid. The Davis movie theater.
7: Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, I think I knew that. Um, I I have not experienced that. (laughs) I have experienced before we model. So it's come a long way with a restaurant now and a bar and stuff like that. But it has, you know, the beautiful stage and curtains and and sort of old school feel to it.
1: It's really, really gorgeous. And then the other thing is when we talk about the, you know, the sort of uh, spending and shopping frenzy, we have, you know, people have what they do on Friday. And then I know that all the online sites have already, you know, geared up for their cyber deals and things like that. And so people are ready with their keyboards at, you know, 12.01 (laughs) Monday morning. Uh, But folks have uh, the opportunity to also shop local online as well, right? Tell us a little bit about about that.
7: Yeah, so that's one of the newer things. So, you know, the pandemic had to shift a lot of the business models, especially for small businesses. And so a lot of our businesses might have had... Um, you know, a small e-commerce site but nothing very robust and because of the pandemic, they really pivoted and we have a lot more online options now and so that's something where I feel like Cyber Monday has a lot of growth opportunity for the small business community because um, that was, you know, mostly intended for the Amazons and Targets and things like that but now small businesses have you know, great websites and so when you're trying again, think about where you're putting that money Um, look at these really, you cool sites that people have created and they might not even just be on... Their website. It could be like shopping through Facebook or through Instagram and stuff like that. But they're offering discounts as well. They're offering free shipping. A lot of times, you can either just pick it up in the store, which then gives you another know, activity to you know go to the neighborhood. And, and this is you know, this is across the the industry. It's not just you know for Lincoln Square Ravens, but, but a lot of local businesses now offer this. And so I think you're going to see a lot more Cyber Monday deals at the local level now, which is really which is really great and exciting. I think.
1: Yeah, I agree. Well, it's, but yeah, especially like you said. they A lot of uh, business uh, businesses had to adjust, and the quote unquote most hated word uh, was pivot. (laughs) Had pivot during the pandemic. (laughs) Uh, But it really, I think, has, you know, will have a lasting effect that could support and benefit them in the long run, as you mentioned, with having an online presence is uh, more uh, dynamic than before. And then one of the big things we'll be highlighting uh, every single day this week uh, is Giving Tuesday, which is an opportunity to, like, you know, it's, 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 there's a mindfulness, you know, let's, let's take a pause in the middle of all this, you know, whether it's Black Friday or Cyber Monday and go, you know, I, I, let's save up some money before we do all of that and figure out who we want to help and amplify on Tuesday. Tell us a little bit about Giving Tuesday as well in the community.
7: Yeah, and that's that's also something that's grown over the years, and I think a lot of people originally I thought it was like, oh, I have to find that nonprofit that I'm gonna go and support. But a lot of our businesses work with these various nonprofits. So one in particular that comes to mind is the Friendship Center, um, which is our local food pantry. And there's such a great connection between the local businesses and that food pantry that, you know, there's like you shop in my store and we give you ten percent or twenty percent of your purchase It's going to go to the food pantry, for instance. Um, but one store in particular is Pontipo's and um, they're doing Like all their sales on Giving Tuesday to um, various nonprofits, and so that's an artist boutique gallery um, located on Damon Avenue, just north of Lawrence, so right off the Brown Line stop of Damon. Um, And I thought that was a really cool. That um, you know, getting 100% of sales that day um, to uh, feeding people through plants. That's the the organization that they'll be donating to. Um, we also have a store called Planet Access Company Store, um, which the parent company is actually a nonprofit called Search Inc. That an opens doors um, for adults with disabilities, and so they they basically teach skills to um, adults who have learning disabilities to be in the workforce, and so um, might be in their warehouse managing with their clothing line and stuff like that. um, they do um art artist competitions and things like that that you'll see in the store sometimes as well. But that's called Planet Access right in the heart of Lincoln Square. Um, so um, it's really fascinating and cool how our various businesses try to connect with these different organizations um, at the local level to give back. Um, to Not just this day, but throughout the year. I mean, a lot of the little leagues and stuff like that, small businesses are sponsoring um, those little leagues in order for them to have their uniforms and stuff like that. So um, just, you know, just a, really great day. I'm glad that this is growing and growing in our country and especially in the small business industry.
1: And before I I go on, just because I want to make sure people can find some of the information that we're talking about and the local businesses and nonprofits that are participating and that that you are also amplifying, where can people find all this information?
7: Yeah, if you just go to lincolnsquare.org, um, there's right on our homepage, you'll see information to click over to Small Business Saturday or Holidays page. But um, lincolnsquare.org forward slash holidays, that will have every um, day that we're talking about right now. So from Plot Friday, Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday and Giving Tuesday, all the information and, all, and what businesses they're doing throughout our area.
1: Well, the other thing, uh, so I'm a bit of a, uh, you know, I'm on the air now until seven. It would be hard for me to get to Lincoln <laughs> Square on a Thursday by, uh, by the time they close, but they are extending their hours at some of the locations, is that right?
7: Oh, yeah, so that's also, yeah. So Thursdays, um, in the second and third Thursdays in December, um, we coordinate with a whole bunch of businesses to stay open for the same hours. Uh, so that's always sometimes a frustration for small businesses because every business has different hours, you know, the different days are open. So um, it's a day where everybody's open till 8, um, and then they offer sometimes discounts, sometimes snacks or hot beverages, and a lot of our restaurants this year are participating to <laughs> do deals. That's, that's really exciting as well, so... You know, come out, do a little shopping, and, and go get a meal, locally. Um, but yeah, that happens. It's called Shop Late Lincoln and Damon at Night, um, our two main business corridors, and uh, that's also on that Lincoln Square forward slash holidays page.
1: And I really, I can't start talking about the restaurants in, in the area because I'll start getting hungry, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. I shouldn't. <laughs> because there's such an incredible range of food. I stopped, I can't remember where I was, I was heading somewhere, I'm like, I gotta go get some Greek food. Uh, there's an incredible, there's incredible Greek food, uh, Argentina food. There's uh, Mexican food. Ger- is there still German? F- I mean, like I know that the, the the great big German restaurant has closed down. There's got to be some place that uh, that's taken that pl- Is there
7: German food? Yes, there has. Yeah, the so Brown House was the one you're talking about that has closed, the historic one. But Himmels um, is right around the corner on Lawrence Avenue from Lincoln, um, and so they're actually the whole family. Um, First generation here from Germany. So if you want authentic German food. That's, that's where you should go. Um, it's a European bistro. It's how they classify themselves. They do so a little bit of everything, but definitely, um, like Chicken Schnitzel, I think is, you know, one of the things that people always crave <laughs> for the German restaurant. Yes. So go there. Um, but Cafe St. Marie also right in the heart of the square, um, also has some really great German dishes. The menu changes a lot, but, um, we have the Warbler and Gather, which are, you know, really beautiful restaurants just by the Old Town school. Landon Lake is a new restaurant that opened up in Ravenswood um, had a location, uh, has one in Andersonville, so it's their second location and beautiful rooftop, you know, not obviously this time of year, but, um, but something, you know, great to come and visit later on uh, when the weather gets back to being warm. But yeah, just great restaurants all around. We are um, a little bit of everything. So I'm like, you want to, you know, chase your way around the world, that's what you can do in Lincoln Square.
1: <laughs> and again, folks, uh, Lincoln Square, Ravenswood area, the, the Brown could drop you off right there at the Western stop, the Western Avenue stop, and uh, and you can it, it's if you're thinking like the, I would say what would you I would put like the beginning of it at Western and Lawrence, but where would you put the your sort of drop your pin for people to, to oh, know? Yeah, yeah? Lawrence yeah. and West? Yeah, definitely Western. You no,
7: know, Western and Lawrence is like just the center. Um, that's right where the main part of the square is. Um, so that's like the best. You know, yeah, going straight there, and then uh, like I said, Damon Avenue is just east of there. It's parallel with. Lincoln Avenue corridor and that also has a lot of new small boutiques and businesses that have opened up over the past couple
1: of years yeah my, my son was going to a friend's house and I was like waiting for him because I, I never like to rush him because we, we live so far away from all of his friends and so I, I, what I generally do in those situations is I just explore whatever neighborhood he's hanging out in and I found the most amazing sushi place on Damon I don't even know the name of it I should take like cards with me but I was like it's just like in the middle of the block just a beautiful little that's what Ravenswood Lincoln Square is like so so I love the work that you guys have done, and, and you and I have had the chance to have conversations over the last five or six years, and uh, it really continues to grow and blow me away with the wonderful work that you all do there. So, thank you for joining us, Rudy. Yeah,
7: thanks for having us. I appreciate it. Have a, ha- a happy Thanksgiving.
1: Happy Thanksgiving. I'll talk to you again soon. Let's check in before uh, before the new year, before Christmas, and see what else has uh, popped up that you want to amplify again.
7: Sounds like a plan. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Have a great night. Happy Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, Take care. Bye. Let's uh, take a break here. We'll wrap it up when we come back. We are driving it home till 7. If you want to join the conversation before I head out, 773-763-9278 is the number to join our conversation. More in a moment on the Heartland Signal, WCPT 820.
4: The Hal Sparks Radio Program.
5: They don't have to refund if the land gets taken back. So I think they are just sacrificing Russian soldiers for this Pez dispenser of Russian cash over and over and over again. They're reclaiming this land. They get paid for taking the land. They lose it. Then they get paid for taking it again. And they're not even doing the fighting themselves. It's grotesque. Hal Sparks,
4: Saturdays from 11 to 1 on WCPT 820, Chicago's Progressive Talk. You're listening to WCPT 820, because facts matter.
1: Before we sign off tonight, uh, one of the things that we often talk about is how the victims in a a tragedy, like what happened in Colorado Springs, uh, we often know more about the... uh the shooters, and we didn't do about the victims. And uh, the names have been released of those who lost their lives. Uh, Daniel Davis Aston was 28 years old. Uh, he grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and had just moved to Colorado Springs two years ago. Aston, a transgender man, was a well known bartender and entertainer at Club Q. He had a penchant for entertaining at a young age. He'd attended Northeastern State University in Oklahoma and became president of the LGBTQ Club. Derek Rump was a bartender at Club Q uh, and he had attended an area a senior high school in his native Berks County Pennsylvania um he was a loving, supportive, with a heavy hand in his drink pouring and just a really good listener and would not be afraid to tell you when you were wrong and instead of telling you what you wanted to hear. And that was really valuable So one of his close friends. Kelly Loving was 40 years old. Last week, Natalie Bingham celebrated Kelly Loving's 40th birthday at her Denver home with a small cake and a few friends. For Bingham, 25 and transgender, it was a big deal to celebrate with another trans woman's 40th birthday because so many of her transgender friend friends had died so young. Reaching 40 had felt like a reaching a milestone for Kelly Loving. Ashley Paw was killed in the attack, according to her husband, uh, and he is devastated with the loss of his wife. She meant everything to this family, and we can't even begin to understand what it will mean not to have her in our lives. Raymond Green Vance was 22 years old. Raymond went to Club Q on Saturday with his girlfriend, Cassie, and her family to celebrate a friend's birthday, according to a family statement. Raymond was a kind, selfless young adult with his entire life ahead of him. He was born in Chicago, and Vance spent his entire life in Colorado Springs, where he lived with his mother and younger brother. He was a 2018 graduate of Sand Creek High School, and had recently gotten a new job with a FedEx Distribution Center. Just wanted you to know the names of those who lost their lives at Club Q. Please, folks, um, we have to do better by the people in our lives. Uh, it, it, this is, this, there, this is not where we should be right now we should not have to continue to mourn and hear people offer their thoughts and prayers and no solutions without any kindness in their hearts any empathy in their deeds uh, we have to do better thank you all so much i'm gonna turn it over do you want me to hit another another spot or should we just i think we can are we good with time or do you need me to give me a thumbs up if we're okay i'm gonna send it over to you lady b have a great night everybody be well we'll talk to you tomorrow